So there's a lot you know, going on in, with accounting pronouncements. Um, and there's so much to focus on. We're going to we kind of identify what we call the big three. So the big three impact you know, for, for, for profits is a nonprofit financial statement framework. Um, as you know, we've covered this in immense detail the last couple of years. This year, very high level overview on this one. We're going to spend most of our time this year on the um, revenue recognition standard and the lease standard. There's also some other standards coming into play um, in a couple of years. Although important standards, they're not kind of the high level right now, so we're not going to focus on those today. We just want to kind of let you be aware of them, and we'll be covering those in future topics, future sessions in the future years, and also you'll see blogs issued for us in the future as well. So here's kind of, we have a timeline here. So it's always good to kind of look at the timeline. It's also good when you think about your organization, how you want to plan these out, where should we refocus on, what's coming up first, and also keep in mind what's happening in the future um, so you can plan for those as well. Calendar 2018 and fiscal 2019 organizations, the financial reporting standards are applicable. Um, so that's, you know, we're, the summary rents have already done that, and the June 30s, 930s, we'll be doing it this year if you have not early adopted. Calendar 2019, FY 2020, there's a lot going on. Um, the big one there is a revenue recognition standard and also the standard on, on con kind of contributions, um, which we talked about that last year, but the, it was in exposure draft. The final form came out this year, so Katie will be talking about revenue recognition in more detail. And then we did last year because there's a bit more clarifications surrounding it. The cash flow statement is not a big change. It is effective for this year coming up, so we'll talk about that a little bit at, at the end. And then leases is the next B1 that's coming out, you know, calendar year 2020, FY 2021. So now's really the time really to focus on that, think about that, work on the implementation surrounding that. There's been some clarifications and more practical experience that came out since last year. So Olga will get us up to speed on all of those changes. And then there's some fair value disclosure changes coming up as well. Doesn't really change anything. It's taking things away instead of adding it. And then kind of the future down the road areas are a couple of things to keep in mind. But those are until 2021, 2022, and 2023. One is implementation costs and cloud computing arrangements and the, the credit losses. So remember last year, credit losses actually was a year earlier. It got pushed out of the year because the new ASU 2018-19 came out. So with that, they kind of pulled it together and push it out of the year, so that's down the road, and goodwill as well. Not applicable to all nonprofits, but to some. But that's kind of the key things to kind of think about the next couple of years that will be applicable to your organization. So kind of just to kick off the uh, financial statement framework, so if you're a calendar year organization, you've probably impl implemented this. If you're fiscal year, you're going to be doing it this year if you have not early adopted. So the key thing here to keep in mind is really five things to think about. You know, the main item here is NAS classification. We've gone from three classes of net assets to two. The temporarily restricted and the permanently restricted is now with donor restrictions. Unrestricted is without donor re restrictions. That's really the big change here to think about with that change. Not a big change there. The biggest issue there is remembering temporarily restricted does not exist anymore. Permanently doesn't exist. It's with donor restrictions. So I think all of us who have been working in this field over 20 years, that's in our minds, right? So it's really getting used to terminology changes. It'll take us a while to kind of get there. Reporting of, ex of expenses, there's a couple of things here. One, every organization was not required to have a statement of functional expenses. You are now. There's two requirements there. You have to show your expenses by both natural and functional classification. So you have a couple of options there. One, you can do that as a statement to the financial state statements, you know, showing your, your program activity, supporting services at the top, natural classification down the side, that meets that requirement. If you've never done a statement of functional expenses before, 
you can put the functional expense categories in the notes of the financial statements for the year of adoption only. This is one thing where you do have to go back two years. If you're presenting Kibera financial statements, you've never done functional expenses before because you weren't required to. You can just show those in the footnotes for one year only, but you still have to show natural classification for both years in the body of the financial statements them, themselves. That's presentation and disclosure. Other piece of that is, is allocation plan. Before, you know, multi-organizations, if you look at your financial statements for disclosure of expense-free reporting, it was one line that basically said expenses were allocated in accordance with your allocation plan. Now you really have to say costs are allocated, how are they being allocated? Could be salaries allocated based on time and effort reporting, occupancy costs could be based on square feet, that sort of detail. Anything that's allocated to more than one function, you have to disclose your methodology surrounding that. So that's a, a change. Liquidity and liquidity management, that's showing the qualitative and quantitative liquidity for the organization. This is another requirement you only have to show for the year of, of adoption. So if, if you're presenting 2019 financial statements, 2018 as a comparison, this footnote only has to cover the 2019 year. You don't have to go back and do it for both, both years. So this involves establishing a policy and coming up with what the calculation is at the end of the, of the year. So we advise our clients that's really adopting this. These are kind of the two things that really impact everybody. It's kind of looking at your expense allocations reporting, will that meet the new standard, and liquidity, have you really developed a policy, and how do you think about that? And that varies by organization, that we can help you, you know, strategically think about that as well, if you need our help with that. The other thing is underwater endowments. That's if you, before underwater endowments, that's when the market value was below the original corpus of the gift. The deficiency you would show in the old unrestricted net assets, now you're gonna show the deficiency if you have one in withdrawn restriction. So that's a classification change that would impact this. So the, really, the main thing that's really reclassification change is probably this if you have in investments and endowments. And the last thing I'll just touch upon, place and service of approach. So under the old standards, you were able to imply a time restriction on a, a gift for capital asset. So if you receive a capital contribution, you could say that contribution is available to be used over life by that asset. I can impute a time restriction on it and depreciate that asset and recognize revenue over the term of the asset. You can no longer do that, imply a time restriction, that goes, goes away. Also, the place and service approach means when I receive a gift for a capital asset, I can't recognize revenue when that asset is placed, is, the cost is incurred on the matching, you would do that, right? You, you have the cost, I have the grant, I offset it. Now you have to do it when you place it in service. So if you're constructing a building, you're incurring costs while it's in construction, you can't then recognize revenue as you incur those costs. You gotta wait till the building is done and in service. So how do you get around that? The way you get around that, as we suggest to our clients, is looking at the donor, how you're asking money for the, for the donor. If they can be specific on the request, meaning I'm paying for a piece of the asset or a piece of the project, then you can recognize revenue as you incur that cost. If it's just general campaign, I'm, I'm raising $5 million for a building, I'm getting revenue from a different grant from different sources, that's gonna be implied for the whole building as itself. I can't recognize revenue till the end. So you wanna think about these changes as we're going through them today how you have to change the way you're doing things internally, how you need to have some documentation from the, from the donors to account for that, which should kind of help you with that process. We have also issued a guidance on all the standards, best practices, kind of like a summary on our website. That's one of the, the things we have available to you as you go through each component and gives you a little bit more detail what to think about.